Just in and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hi, welcome to Wizard and the Bruiser. I'm the Bruiser, Holden McNeely. And I'm the Wizard, Jake Young. And today we're talking about Marcus Hit It! Break it down. That's right. We're talking about Haku. Hatsune. Hatsune Miku. Jeez Louise. I think I'm going to be stumbling over a lot of words uh, in this one. The look on Marcus's face is priceless right now. Hold on, wait. Pump it up. Pump it up. Let's get into it. Fine. Marcus, what can you describe what you're seeing on screen right now? I am seeing a computer-generated Japanese anime girl dancing in front of a live audience all holding glow sticks and freaking the fuck out. In unison. (laughs) In a very regimented, unified way. We're playing with a live band, too. Yes, I know. It's impressive. One of the weirdest things about the Hatsune Miku phenomenon to me is just how fucking freaky it is to an outsider. Yes. But she has been so omnipresent for at least 10 years at this mm-hmm. point that any anime fan's like, oh, yeah, 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 the robot lady we all love. Yeah, <laughs> I, I lo- it, it's so oh, Are you talking Jake. about the uh, tiny uh, computer teenager that we hold in our hearts? <laughs> it's so true. I wanted to freak Lexi out one night, so I was like, hey, check this out. And I played exactly the video we just played for Marcus. To upset him, <laughs> and and it was it was she totally it scared her. It is I think that's like it, it, it encapsulates the future better than anything mm-hmm. else I could possibly like. If an alien came down and was like, "What does the future look like?" I'd be like, "This, this is what the future." It looks absolutely like. looks like this because <laughs> to talk about Hatsune Miku is to talk about pop music in general, like yes. and crazy ass Japan and crazy ass <laughs> Japan because like. Madonna will get old. Britney Spears will go crazy. Christina Aguilera will get dirty. Miley Cyrus will do whatever the fuck is happening over there. Justin Bieber will become a weird nightmare asshole creature. But Hatsune Miko will never get corrupted. She's a digital file. No, and none of the people you just named have over 100,000 songs under their belt. <laughs> no, but, but, but Miku, oh Miku, she does. Mm. And that is the most interesting thing, I feel like, is the user-generated element of her. She is pop star, the meme, pop star, the internet version. It's 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 the same way that like dicking around on like a Casio synthesizer let you feel like you were a rock star. The Miku software let you pretend you were a pop producer. And then like everyone just stopped pretending and was just like, no, these are pop songs now. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it starts with the Vocaloid technology. Yes. So let's 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 take a step back here. To in order to understand Hatsune Miku, we must understand the very very evil sounding company that she comes from, Krypton Future Media. <laughs> yeah. 
She's a singing synthesizer application that Krypton Future Media created. Uh, it was a, it was a, the technology itself was developed by the Yamaha Corporation, yes, the, which the, they created the Vocaloid, uh, yeah. Vocaloid, Vocaloid Two, Vocaloid Three, and Vocaloid Four, which is a singing synthesized technology um, that, uh, and then Krypton just created the the application, the yeah. the singer library, essentially. They they took the 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 the, the core of of Vocaloid technology is uh, before that virtual singers like artificial computer generated singing uh, was entirely done with like synthesized sounds with mm. you know square waves and all that stuff you know basically when you think of like I am a computer talking I can daisy, uh, daisy. Uh, shut him off Marcus shut him off <laughs> what I'm afraid I can't do that. <laughs> Why is he talking? To make him stop it, Marcus. And that's very unsettling and unnatural. But uh, by using pre-recorded samples of real human audio and then applying the same techniques that uh, that you often associate with auto-tune, like pitch correction and like and uh, you know hitting different notes, you can actually create this virtual singer that can sing whatever you want. And it helps that Japanese has a very, uh, I'm using the wrong word, but staccato, like very like fragmented uh, uh, phonetic bass. Well, it's a yes. lot of hard consonants. There, there's, it's a little bit simpler in Japan. Um, I'm gonna use a word called diphone. And that <laughs> diphone is essentially uh, kind of when you place two vowel sounds together. Well, the Japanese, and I, I might be butchering the exact definition of that, but bear with me here. The Japanese language requires 500 diphones per pitch. The English language requires 2,500. Right. So that gives you an idea of why it just works a little bit better in the Japanese language. That said, there are English um, uh, uh, singer libraries yeah. out there, but Hatsune Mika just mwah, just hits the <laughs> sweet spot, just just nail, knocks it out of the park, and it also. For for the Japanese culture, just works so much better because they're mm. so obsessed with the what the future looks like, and they're obsessed with um, anime idols, right? You know, uh, uh, drawn idols that that they worship and uh, obsess over. So it's a lot easier for the, uh, there to be like an anime pop star that that exists in well, a. Well, there were anime pop stars before that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just that the individual characters were owned by various corporations and voice actresses and all that, right? Uh, there was always like anime heroine CDs, drama CDs. That was like a common thing. It was like imagine if the Archies uh, were and were just every were just half the music industry. This otaku like anime heroine music scene was already existing. Yes. That, uh, so the Vocaloid technology was just part of like a music production suite. Yeah. But where I'm sorry, what was the evil corporation's name? Krypton Future Media. <laughs> uh, Krypton Future Media. Uh, Do you think Hatsune Miku's going to have to fight against Krypton Future Media at some point, and it's going to be this big, like, crazy, like, cyber war? Oh, you mean when she definitely becomes self-aware? Absolutely. <laughs> and has all the consciousness of all the people that put, because they keep writing songs with her voice, so she'll get the consciousness of all those songs. It'll be a thousand voices in one. Oh, my God, Jake. I've just seen the concert footage, and you can't have that many millions of people physically shooting their love at a computer without something going rogue. <laughs> so with the Vocaloid technology, you type in uh, the lyrics, you mm -hmm. enter in the melody. Um, the software can then change the stress of the pronunciations, add effects such as vibrato, or change the dynamics and tone of the voice. Each Vocaloid is sold as a singer in a box designed to act as a replacement for an actual singer. Now, in order to do this, it involves a couple of different items, um, or a couple of different elements. One is the score editor, which is straight up like that piano roll editor where you input notes mm -hmm. and whatnot. The lyrics are automatically converted into phonetic symbols using a built-in pronunciation dictionary. Um... Uh, of a phoneme, by the way, is a unit one unit of sound that distinguishes one word from another in a particular language. And then the singer library is a database of vocal fragments sampled from real people. Uh, it's a database that must have all possible combinations of phenomes of the target language and all variations on them, like diphones, uh, which I mentioned earlier, which is a chain of two phenomes and uh, sustained vowels. Now, the interesting thing about that too is, for example, the very first singer library from Krypton Future Media was um, Miko. 
um, M-E-I-K-O, and um, it was, she was originally, uh, what was her name? I'm not finding it right now, but either way, um, the, the voice actress that laid down the Miko, she says it's a very strange feeling because you're essentially giving your whole voice dictionary vocabulary off to millions of people to, to create whatever they want to using your voice. So you're just like hearing your own voice back to you saying whatever horrible shit some fucking, you know, lonely dude in a weird, you know, uh, a cigarette-filled, you know, uh, smoke-infested uh, single uh, apartment, you know. It's just the floors are sticky. I'm not going explain what the substance is on the floor. There's just a specific acustic uh, flavor to an apartment filled with cum rags. I yes. Mean, it's Ex- just you know, pop music. Um, <laughs> now, this is where, this is this is kind of the weird thing, is uh, Hatsune Miku uh, was designed from the, you know, they by giving it this otaku face, it like gave it just enough of an opening for it to like actually gain popularity within the uh, otaku internet culture, yes, and uh, like everything about Miku's design, from the like the giant flowing like future hair to the fact that there's actually on her like gross weird puffy umbrella sleeves that don't connect to anything. Yes, and those they, freak me out. Yeah, they have little. Um, you'll see like little dots and things on them, and they kind of uh, are the actual. That's piano the UI roll. from mm-hmm. uh, Hatsune Miku's name. Roughly ah, translates as gotcha. first sound of the future. First sound of the future. Miku means future. So like yes. in all these songs where these where people are just chanting like Miku, Miku, they're just shouting at the robot teenager. The future. The future. <laughs> yes. Hatsu means uh, is first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nei is sound, and future is Miku. Fuck. So there you go. And um, I should say too that this particular uh, Hatsune is. Uh, 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 taken from the voice actress Saki Fujita, who is, um, yeah, she she's done a few things. She is also, uh, I found a fun little uh, yeah, yeah. interesting connection. She sang the ending theme to the anime Tokumeki. Tokumeki Memorial. Memorial, and we mentioned that one time before Jake on Wizard and the Bruiser. Do you remember which episode that Hideo was? Kojima. Hideo, Hideo Kojima. Hideo Kojima. did Tokumeki Memorial, the, the dating sim. Yes, absolutely. And I was like, I pissed my pants and then apologized to my... <laughs> My girlfriend shortly after when I found that connection. And uh, her animation was uh, created by an artist named Kay Garo. Now, I think the interesting thing that you were just mentioning how um, you know, it really took off in Japan, but originally it was designed just for producers. Yeah. I don't think they had any idea that that her design would actually become this worldwide phenomenon that it did. But um, and he was only given the basic uh, idea that she had to be an android and that her color scheme needed to be turquoise because that was based on Yamaha's signature synthesizer color. Yeah. And then he added all that horny schoolgirl stuff. That. That's the weirdest thing about this is that the horny schoolgirl stuff is just like the background radiation of Japan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's just any artist, you know, nine out of ten artists that you would pull from the yeah. street and say, design me a... a horny schoolgirl coming up. <laughs> this is a pizza restaurant. Pizza Chan loves to fuck. <laughs> um, I will... There is... I will say that, like, cultures and, like, whatever liberal bullshit that you want to throw on me, fine, but, like... She has, a, like, by default, no personality. She is just a lithe, forever young, like, mannequin that you can just project all of your desires and, and like, emotions on. Yes. Which, at first, I was like, mm, that's creepy. But then I was like, what the fuck is a pop star? Like, yeah. what the fuck is Nicki Minaj, like, compared to Hatsune Miku? Like, it's both just this, like, wall of colors and sexuality and desire and, and, and good music. Yeah. That you just kind of like, that is just free to transform into whatever is needed by the society. This is just pop star at its barest form because, mm-hmm. I mean, you just add on to the fact that, you know, these all these songs are created by other people that she's singing. All mm-hmm. these songs are created by the user and they're getting their own songs blared back at them. And that's kind of the, the, the insane, I think, part of it is that it is such a user. It is like, finally, we are just fully informing what the pop music is and how it is performed and sung. 
Um, the same way that, uh, like, how Auto-Tune, Auto-Tune actually kind of came up around the same time. Mm-hmm. And the same way that, like, Auto-Tune existed for professional musicians, but people had the most fun with it, kind of pushing the limits of, like, that robot-y voice. A lot of the most popular Miku songs have, like, an almost impossibly fast, like, uh, uh, lyrics just blazing past. Uh, at speeds that a human singer can't reach with incredibly high notes that a human singer couldn't sustain Mm -hmm. because that's original, that's new. That is a sound that could only come from the tools that these nerds had. And we're talking about like this this grand movement of amateur musicians and we're talking about this exploding popularity that just like consumed culture, but it all had humble beginnings. Ah. You know the first big breakout Miku hit? The leak song? Yep. Leva Polka? Leva Polka. Levin Polka? All right. Uh, let's let's give the people Put what they want. Put on your meme goggles to the <laughs> far off year of 2008 and remember I, this little flash classic. I had to do some digging on this one, Jake, because I could not understand why it is or what it is. All right. Let's hit Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Here we go now. Looking at Marcus's face. One, one of the two, face. one, two, three. <laughs> kind of like it. Yeah. I like polkas. Now, if you're old enough to actually remember when this was like a wacky thing you would actually click on on the internet, congratulations, you're an old fucker. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's just over and over again. So uh, in order to explain this, I kind of want to take one step even further back and say that, um, you know, talking about kind of the user-created music that made Hatsune Miku such a phenomenon, it all kind of – this software came out at the same time that the YouTube – sensation was happening and for japan that was nico nico duga Mm -hmm. which is smile smile video which is the japanese youtube and it just uh, as since that was such a popular thing at the time as well the fact that users could upload their own pop songs by this single Mm -hmm. same pop singer it all just kind of happened at once and just blew hatsune miku into the stratosphere in japan and made her such a phenomenon it was, um, yeah, the YouTube analogy is perfect because animators, uh, musicians, dancers, like basically just if you were an amateur creator and you were capable of producing sound and motion, you posted it to Nico Nico. And, and, oh. and help me put the pieces together on Levin Polka because I was so confused, Jake, because we should also explain that not only is she singing that song, but in the video, it's like a weird, silly version of her, like a caricature version mm. of oh. Hatsune Miku, and she's smashing the ground with a leek? Yeah. Like the vegetable, a Welsh onion, and she became <laughs> she became synonymous with holding uh, leeks. I mean... <laughs> Why, Jake? <laughs> the same way that we had YouTube and 4chan, uh, Japan had Nico Nico Doga and 2chan. And so memes would just kind of build on top of each other. So there's like, if you. Loi Tuma Girl? Yeah, there was. Uh, we knew it in America as Leak Spin, but it was just that same song with a picture or with a gif of a character from Bleach or Ahime spinning a leak and just the weird like off kilter music Loi Tuma is the name of the band that originated uh, Levan Polka mm. whereas what we just heard though was Hatsune Miku's ver- cover of this meme song the robots cover yeah. yes the it's, robots cover <laughs> I'm trying like it's I know we're like overstating it but like it was basically hamster dance or yeah, yeah. or Gangnam style it was just this goofy musical earworm that just kind of permeated through uh, the the meme space of Japan in like 2008. And now it's on like Just Dance. You can like <laughs> dance. You can do the dance of the of, of, of the Live on Polka and I watched a German girl dressed as Hitsune Miku uh, doing the dance very well I might Oh, add. that's, yeah, actually, that's an amazing video. Um, <laughs> oh, is it not, Jay? <laughs> uh, I work for a website that just reposts memes. Like, I, I don't have an excuse. Um, also, key to that video is because of that weird, like, meme-mirroring breakout hit, uh, the leak became a symbol of Hatsune Miku. And so when you see in all the concert videos, all the dudes are holding green glow sticks 
in Leaks. a in a very specific pattern where there's two in each hand forming a V like the edge of a leak. Whoa! You can even buy custom light sticks in the shape of a leak specifically for your to show your love of uh, Hatsune Miku. What even are leaks? Have I had a leak? They're, they're in the onion family. <laughs> right. Uh, also, that weird dance thing is uh, called uh, Otage. Okay. Wotage. Wotage. Uh, which is short for otaku and performance, ah. like the same gay as in geisha. So Wotage. And it is kind of this like uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, evolution where like true fans know all the right moves and know the right motions to coincide with the dance. So the first time you go to the concert, you're like, whoa, I'm, th- I'm, there's something bigger happening and it gets you more involved. Totally. And the uh, very specific... Uh, very emotional yet simple moves of the light sticks is a lot like skanking or I have to, the Macarena. I it's like totally started dance. like doing it a little bit of my seat while I was watching. Yeah, it's just you have like you have to. Like you're part a of a group, you can do it mediocre and it still like works to be part of the group. It's it's dancing for people that don't know how to dance. Exactly, and I'm not judging it. No, totally. I'm I'm in. I'm a, I'm all in. Um, also, uh, we should mention to talk about the visuals and everything um, before we kind of get into her her live concerts and all that kind of stuff. Um, they they uh, created a 3D animation, so not only could users create songs mm-hmm. using the voice of a Tsunamiku, but they also there was a program created called Miku Miku Dance, shortened was, on the internet as MMD. Yes, MMD. There was a, a production of 3D animations. It was freeware that let users animate and create 3D animation movies, doing these dances and doing these where you could change the positioning and the facial expressions could be altered. Um, and uh, you could change, you know, accessories and stages and backgrounds um, and, and all sorts of stuff and even add effects like lens flares and stuff. So you really could create a full-on pop star experience, not even just the songs. Full music videos, uh, you know, the level of sophistication, because it wasn't meant for, like, full filmmaking. So whenever you saw, like, an interesting cut or, like, a, a novel uh, elements within an MMD video that was like a huge accomplishment. It was kind of this limited tool set to create visuals. Uh, also, the weird thing is, whenever you see uh, the Miku concert footage, the, she's like always constantly flailing. Yes, it's a very specifically weird like flail dance where just the limbs are always in motion, yes. and that's based on just how the rigs in MMD worked because. Uh. The key, like, you know, it's very easy, like, shoulder, up, elbow, twist, and, like, actual, like, smoother movements and, like, you know, things that have a little weight and pop and lock and all this stuff. Like, the things you associate with, like, true dancing were much harder to pull off uh, in MMD. So, like, the like the Miku's, like, house style was formed by this, like, crude animation software. It was, it's an interesting, weird evolution. And you, there was a, a really impressive moment that I saw watching um, the myriad of live performances earlier in my uh, Hatsune Miku hole that I went into, Jake, mm-hmm. um, where it was like she had backup dancers, which are actually a couple of characters we'll get to later, the twins. We'll talk about them, though, the Ray twins. and Lei. Um I think a lot of people hate the twins. Like, Rin weird. and Lin, rather. Uh, so she's dancing with the twins, right? Um, these fun blonde twins. You'll love them, Marcus. And <laughs> Very unsettling. There was a moment where, like, the twins kind of moved to the other side of the stage, and she was sort of running to catch up, and there was this kind of, like, oh, whoops, I think I goofed moment. That was really impressive. There was really, like, this kind of – it really was a moment where it felt, like, the most real. Like, I'm pretty sure they programmed in a moment where yeah. she kind of goofed. Mm-hmm. And gave her this fucking superhuman quality that was like surreal and very creepy. Um, this is an okay. I I've, I wanted to get this out there because this is one of the key things I noticed when doing research about this is uh, uh, the MMD files like their entire cults of personality around individual like models of Hatsune Miku because mm-hmm. like as people had, as the software advanced, people would make more sophisticated, more realistic models. People would like find certain designs more pleasing. People would be like, "Oh no, this one's too fat." Like mm. people would be like, "I like fat Miku." Like whatever. <laughs> Um, so then there's Team Fat Miku and Team yeah. Skinny Miku, Team they have Werewolf their... Miku, Team Vampire yeah. Miku. Keep, oh no, Vampire Miku has a posse. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but as, but you know this is this is computer it's graphics love. from Look 2008. Look at it, Marcus, while we're having this conversation. 2017 <laughs> and like so in the concert footage, especially like 
the fabric gets more realistic. Mm. The the projector gets higher definition. The frame rate gets better. The hair moves more realistically. Like everything about Miku is advancing and advancing and advancing, but she still has that freaky ass anime face. Yeah, totally. That is so I hate that. Yeah, I hate. There's 3D anime is like it's cheaper to produce than like 2D animation. It's uh, you know it's popularized in video games, and it's just it's so unsettling to me because that is not a human head. At all. It is right. a freaky homunculus on top of what is now just a actual human dancing on a concert. I, I want to explore that in some way. I wonder if we can go and sit down and do the hard research and find the hard facts of how we've come to accept that as the standard anime face. Uh, I think it's like once enough kids grew up with it, just accepting it as like, oh, yeah, that's what like video game characters look like. Right, but there was some guy named like Akori Kanubi or something. Akori that... Kanubi. <laughs> what a wonderful phrase. <laughs> it's just like the one guy is like, this is what faces look, you know, it is, you know. Oh, oh, like just what, like the, like a basic anime style, like it works in 2D. It's supposed to be like a characterization, you know, it's supposed to be deformed and supposed to be, but like walking and talking in the flesh world is yeah. just so unsettling to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. It's kind of like when Homer Simpson went 3D. It's very in that or one like episode. or like in Super, in Super Mario Odyssey when he's walking around New Donk City with these real ass people. New Donk City, baby. Woo! Um, or Sonic 06 to give you a throwback to an old episode. But uh, uh, they also added uh, more to this the sound software. They added uh, with Hatsune Miku append. They uh, added new tones. A soft, sweet, dark. Um, oh, I love the uh, description too. Soft, which was gentle, delicate voice. Sweet, young, chibi voice. Dark. Oh, by the way, chibi. Uh, uh, can you super deformed? I learned this like today. Oh, uh, chibi just means like small and cute. Uh, it's like almost like a Hello Kitty situation. Big head, tiny body. Neotni. Yeah, <laughs> neotni. Kind of like pop figures a little bit, but like the Japanese version. Um, dark, which the description mature, heartbroken like voice. Mm. Vivid, bright, cheerful voice. Solid, loud, clear voice, and light, innocent, heavenly voice. So you could even. Now pick your Hatsune style, your your personality of Hatsune. So at this point, uh, the otaku community, the anime fans, the manga artists, uh, they have this character they can project on. They have this tool set to create music, and they have a culture around them that they're trying to reflect. And uh, basically, as long as you have the software, you can just produce music, and the only thing that you need the licensing for is to like actually sell stuff with Miku's face on it. And because Japan is real loosey-goosey with copyright anyway, you can just go ahead and just do it. There's, like, more unofficial Miku stuff than not. Right. It seemed really difficult for me to put my finger on anything that was official. Um, You know? It seemed like it was way easier to just find uh, uh, across the board... Uh, you know, just user-generated stuff, and I think that's probably the most fascinating thing about Hitsune Miku. Oh, and the and the hologram for thousands of people situation. But yeah, uh, the, the Dojin community is uh, kind of the this 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 kind of Ashcan punk rock fan-created pop culture where it's indivi- small teams of individuals creating their own uh, works with uh, ostensibly corporate-owned characters, uh, but. Uh, one of the biggest Miku hits that came out of this scene was uh, The World is Mine. Yes. And uh, is mine. this is when all of a sudden it stopped being like a goofy meme to like, oh shit, there's some like real fuck jams going on right now. And I think that uh, Krypton Future Media really kind of took hold of that and, and, and really made it their beeswax to try to make this pop star as real as possible. And they're the ones that really kept developing new technology to get her on stage and and fully realized. Um, they did a music video with a, a band who, I love their name, called uh, Bump of Chicken. <laughs> it's called, uh, the song is called Ray, and the video is not after edited in any way. Um... Uh, or it, it's it's cut together, but but it's not. She's not edited in. The video is actually a performance of Hatsune Miku and this band playing together, and it was made possible because Krypton Future Media uh, brought new technology in um, th- to focus the characters on screen directly to the recording camera by using a big curved screen, motion data, Wi-Fi sensors, movement sensors, and some older technology from Krypton future media so it's like really 
creepy because all they did originally was just create the software that was just this voice stuff, and now all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're like playing God. Yeah. Essentially, with uh, putting her in music videos and things and getting her live on stage. Of course, her first live gig was in Saitama, Japan in August of 2009, protected or projected as a giant 3D hologram. And then she traveled all over the world doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, she, uh, she teamed up with designer Louis Vuitton and director Toshiki Okada for a Vocaloid opera titled The End. I hear it's great. <laughs> yeah, I need to check it out. It featured no human singers and took place at the Théâtre du Châtelet Opera House in Paris on November 3rd and 15th, 2013. Uh, but this is where we get into kind of this uh, darker side of otaku culture is fans were extremely protective of Miku. Uh, they hated the Marc Jacobs designs. They said it was mm. like too ugly. Mm. You know, they kind of gave her like human clothes and not like robot fuck doll attire <laughs> and we should mention otaku we mentioned in the neon genesis evangelion episode but it's essentially japanese fandom yeah right i mean in, in a nutshell for for mainly anime and things of that nature yeah you can be an otaku about anything but otaku culture is definitely based in anime and manga yeah a, a thing i noticed listening to a lot of these uh, miku songs is that like there's they can be in almost any genre but it's always like very driving and fast and uh, and kind of a lot of like pop and rock. Like this is music for like it's music for nerds. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And 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 each each Vocaloid does have suggestra, suggested genre types. Mm-hmm. So hers was definitely like in the Japanese pop range. Other ones sometimes you know it can be like rock or this or that. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting how they were sort of all they, they they do have specs to them. I mean, down to height and weight. She's 16 years old. She's five foot two. She weighs 93 pounds. What does she love though? What were her parents like? Does she does she understand what crying is? <laughs> <laughs> These are the hard questions we need to sit down and ask her. You know? Yeah, it's um. <laughs> So let's maybe talk about some of these. Oh, oh, I do want to mention a couple more things, actually, before we we talk about some of the other Vocaloids. Um, She sang the original Nyan Cat. And, um, you know, she's it, it, she's got her own manga, uh, uh, maker Hikoshiki Hatsune Mix, um, which apparently is all over the place. She's battling. She's just cooking at home. They don't know what that manga wants to be. Uh, the uh, rhythm game series Project Diva by yes. Sega has been running for years and has a really devoted fan base. Kind of thinking about picking up a copy of Yeah, it looks really intense. I like, I'm a huge fan of... Uh, of um, elite beat agents in Oendon, and it looks like it has that same like kind of energy to it. Yeah, it definitely does. I spent a weird afternoon watching a dude on Twitch play it. Uh, I was doing this thing. I need to get back to it actually because it's honestly a really fun way to spend some time. But I go on Twitch. I find somebody with zero viewers, and I, ha- I give Aww. them a happy surprise by going on their Twitch stream and hanging out with them for for an hour or two. And um, while I'm at, you know doing whatever and uh and then you keep going like you're doing well son yeah pretty much i love you and this kid was want to play catch later my son (laughs) (laughs) this kid who was clearly japanese didn't speak a lot of english but we were talking you know he was was responding to my chat and yeah he was going he was he was getting bonkers with it and it looked very difficult (laughs) and i was cheering him on and stuff you know whenever he'd uh pass uh, uh a song yeah asian rhythm games are on like a whole nother level like if you thought through the fire and Flames was hard. Like, you got to see some of these, like, crazy tracks. And we definitely need to do, like, a DDR episode and, and rhythm game episode, Japanese rhythm game specifically episode in the future. Um, oh, for God. Sure. Uh, it's the world's first podcast where I actively have a heart attack on, <laughs> on, on mic. Another fun thing uh, about Hatsune Miku, uh, a petition was signed with over 14,000 signatures. Oh, this thing. <laughs> they got her a custom-made Hatsune Miku aluminum plate uh, created to be used as balancing weights for the Japanese Venus spacecraft explorer Akatsuki. <laughs> we sent Miku to space. Yeah, we <laughs> sent Miku to space. Um, and she opened for Lady Gaga's Art Pop Ball Tour in 2014. And there was a, I found a really fun video of a very that a very gay man took, um, just screaming like, "It's an anime girl! <laughs> it's an anime girl!" Like just he's just losing his mind. I think he's hopped up on on, on E and and whatever, you know. Uh, very excited for the Lady Gaga show. I think that would be a fun surprise for a lot of people who had no idea what the fuck that was going to be. Oh man! So there are other Vocaloids 
out there. Um, of course, also by uh, uh, Krypton Future Media. <laughs> There's Ka- surrender your soul <laughs> to Krypton Future Media. Ka- we build the things you need <laughs> at Krypton Future Media. <laughs> The self is over. <laughs> Kagamine Rin Lin. This is uh, two blonde twins um, that Marcus would be repulsed by the sight of. Uh, no, just two, like, lithe children that you can command. <laughs> What's wrong with these two incredibly lithe, partially clothed children? Rin stands. I just looked it up. <laughs> um, describe. It's uh, two tiny blonde children, or sometimes redheaded, holding a Ooh. a heart, uh, and they're dressed in dress me, dress me. Uh, what I should I sing? I don't want. I can sing whatever you want. <laughs> they are their names. Have are you dr- met my sister? <laughs> We're very close. Yeah, but there's a lot of incest porn going <laughs> well, on. Well, they. Krypton, Krypton Future Media announced. We decide what you get horny for. They said there's been a lot of controversy over their relationship, and Krypton came out and said that they are neither siblings nor lovers. <laughs> okay? They just, they are just, just let it be. I mean, it's true. They're just data. That they had to make statements. And they're 14 years old, by the way. <laughs> so it, either way, it's fucked up, all right? And, When's and, there going to be a, a Vocaloid in their 30s? I know, right? When's old? Gus, the Vocaloid. <laughs> the oldest Vocaloid we'll get to is the 20, old 20 years old. Ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. Honestly, I would love an old man Vocaloid. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. The problem is you got to get an old man to say every single vowel of the English letter, po- English po- language, po- in every po- combination. E-R. <laughs> that must be an insane recording process. God, just imagine a virtual Willie Nelson that you could have dancing with little anime children. That'd be so fucking cool, man. Dude, quit making me feel rock and roll right now. I gotta get back to... Uh, uh, Rinalin, derived from the words right and left, like on earphones. The surnames come from the Japanese word for mirror. Um, they... Um, they were from the same voice actress, which I think is really kind of fucking cool. I, I think that's the one cool thing about them. People found them to be kind of hard to use, but I think Krypton was trying to put something out there that gave the ability to sort of layer two different mm-hmm. voices. And They're in play. harmony with each other. Yes, and and I think that was kind of the main idea. Then there is Megorine Luca, which is... Um, She's uh, a sassy redhead. Well liked for her mysterious looks and cool expression. This is from the Pia Pro website, by the way. If you want to find out more or even purchase the software, go to piapro, P-I-A-P-R-O dot net, and you can get some more information about their personalities. I got a question. Mm-hmm. Why are all the Vocaloids wearing neckties? They're all like schooly. Yeah. yeah. Because that's just a very Japanese thing. The school girl, schoolboy, fun kind of thing, right? Because they have fun at schools. I mean... <laughs> As Miku has, like, evolved that, like, whatever that future schoolgirl look has kind of gotten passe. So, like, in newer media, like, she is, like, changing up the wardrobe a little bit. But, uh... A little bit. Also, like, yeah, the tie represents, like, professional. It represents, like... it's, It's a little subservient, if you ask me, but whatever. I'm just a I'm just a grumpy old man that thinks <laughs> the computer teenager shouldn't be loved as much. <laughs> uh, Megadine also uh, described as cool, moody female persona with a breathy voice. Uh, it's uh, what else? What else? What she was originally supposed to be Hatsune Miku, but her design was put on hold, and I think maybe that was partly because it was a little more complicated. She was one of the only ones that has both an English and a Japanese. Uh, vocaloid to choose from, so you can actually do songs in in English. Let's talk about let's talk about the real reason why Miku is as omnipresent as she is, and that is as a unfeeling automaton. She can plug whatever thing anybody has any money to plug with. Absolutely, race cars, race um, cars, shampoo, with a, literally a thing with not. It does, she doesn't have hair. She doesn't have anything. She's not a she. And people are like, don't you want hair like this? 
digital hair? You buy my fucking shampoo. If I Toys, could have digital, posters. to be fair, if I could have digital hair, I would take it. It's not how shampoo works. I could eat a pill <laughs> Why are people hair. buying shampoo? Uh, my favorite of the weird tie-ins was uh, in 2013, Domino's Pizza teamed up yes. with Hatsune Miku with one of the cringiest commercials as the CEO. Uh, the, the idea, we're not going to play the whole thing, but the idea was is that uh, you got a, you got a QR code on the top of the Domino's box in which if you held up your phone, a little tiny Miku would like do a fun dance as you waited for your grease bread. Uh, can you can you can you hit that commercial? This is the CEO. Of Hello everyone, I'm Scott, president of Domino's Pizza. Have you heard of Hatsune Miku? <laughs> Today, I'd like to announce a new collaborative project featuring Hatsune Miku. You can't Domino's collaborate. App. They just were like Hatsune they Miku. hit a button. Hatsune Miku exists in a software called Vocaloid. <laughs> yeah. Vocaloid enables you to produce songs. Yeah. A character <laughs> named Hatsune Miku sings the songs you create. A great feature is you can create songs it's, as it you like. sounds exhausted I knew from our trying to explain Domino's this. Pizza crew could work together and create oh, and great all the Domino's pizza, All the Domino's employees they're Vocaloid showing are all Japanese. Yeah. Chokyoshi, <laughs> Furitsukeshi, everyone. <laughs> Amazing Vocaloid songs have been created with the fantastic imagination of the crews from all over Japan. The challenge was successfully carried out and this new collaborative oh, app was produced. I'm sorry, like, I just, like, that's the thing, it's like, you didn't collaborate with Hatsune Miku, you... Oh? Based on Miku's image, the Domino's app changes its appearance. Uh, okay, okay. A lot okay, of music it, and illustrations <laughs> produced by. Oh, Domino's Marcus is transfixed now. <laughs> yeah, actually, this is this is fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> but like this whole phenomenon is fascinating. Just, this is this is amazing stuff. Like, just watching a, a Amer- old American men <laughs> just just bat- grapple with the concept of Hatsune Miku is like the greatest. We've thing. entered a partnership with this unfeeling robot that loves whatever we tell it to. <laughs> God, it's good. God, man. That's um, that's the thing is she's the post, she's the future of pop because we never, like, we don't want pop stars to be human. We never wanted them to be human. We wanted them just to look cool and sing music that, like, got in our heads and people wanted to make money off them. Yeah, I saw in a headline, like, is, is you know, when I was googing, mm-hmm. when I was doing my googs, uh, doing research, it was like, is Hitsune Miku a better pop star than Justin Bieber? And my instant thought was like, well, of course she is. She's yeah. never been said anything shitty. Like, you know, she's never like... I mean, she has, but those are unofficial YouTube Unofficial <laughs> YouTube things. But, you know, she's never like uh, gotten the cops called on her because she's being a dickhead partying too much in her stupid mansion. Like, she doesn't do dumb shit like that because she's a fucking digital entity she's not even a robot that's like the best thing about her you can't even touch her she's so she's you know she's the ultimate um within within the hatsune miku fandom there's all these like weird side memes that happens like uh do you know about uh shite no uh well i mean i know about she you know maybe it started as what appears to be like a, a weird glitch in the uh, MMD software where like a floating Miku head would just like kind of try and move on its own but the end result is like this horrifying homunculus <laughs> creature where Miku's head is just like her her hair pony t- her pigtails are replaced with two legs and it's just like a terrifying nightmare creature. I forget the name of this character, but fans made a sort of adversarial Hatsune Miku character. It's like a blonde girl that I don't think she even has a vocaloid associated with her, but she's just sort of like um, going against uh, Hatsune Miku. Like uh, they created like a rival for her. Oh, are you talking about Akita Neru? Yeah, Akita Neru. is a fan-made vocaloid uh, Gijinka, which is a, uh, that's a term for when you create a anime girl version of a thing. Please, we all know what Gajinka is. I mean, yeah, I know. I know our audience. Um, but they literally made a, it was literally an anti-Miku troll chan. Yes. Like the living embodiment of people that would dare hate our tiny immortal goddess. Yeah, exactly. And her name, her, her name means like, go to sleep, I'm bored, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> 
It's very unsettling. I mean, there was a lot of stuff I saw that I was like, I literally don't know what this means or is. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to let it let it. Do deep. you think somewhere across the world right now there's a Japanese otaku podcast that they're explaining American <laughs> shit? They're like, I hope so. This is fine, dog. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Daniel. <laughs> Damn, Daniel. <laughs> um, White Tovan. <laughs> I apologize to most people. <laughs> Last podcast on the left. They obsessed with uh, killers, <laughs> with murder. Very funny. Very funny. When the big man screams. <laughs> Very funny. Ah, Marcus Uchan, a piccola girlfriend. Kanichiwa. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys ever do a show in Japan, I'm hiding in one of your suitcases. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think really, you know, the final kick in, kick in the bucket, is that the right phrase for this? The final, like, like holy shit, Hatsune Miku has made it, mm-hmm. would have to be her appearance on Late Night with David Letterman. It's such this, like, culture, <laughs> like, literally it was, like, right before you retired. So, like, it was this... Dude, yeah, he's t- visibly exhausted. Yeah, he's- and again, um, you know, what I was saying is, like, nothing's better than to watch an old white man yeah. describe what H- H- uh, Hitsune Miku is. Uh, and it's very surreal, because, like, you know, he's David fucking Letterman. He, you know, this bastion of, like, irony and, like, coolness and, and counterculture. And here he is being like, I'm, I'm just hit the clip. It's just fucking weird. <laughs> Thank you very much, and here we go. Oh, boy. Now, listen to me. Our next guest is a computer-generated Vocaloid personality from Japan, and she is here in support of her expo in New York and Los Angeles. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, making her network television debut, Hatsune Miku. And there in the Ed Sullivan Theater is that weird projector screen that's in all the live concerts. With a live band. And Marcus, doing the little flail dances. Yeah, Marcus, can you describe what's happening right now? Uh, she's just doing a step, 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 <laughs> step, step. And then putting her arm out and then bringing it back forward. And then just sort of swaying from side to side while there's just a bunch of guys really Rocking. bored playing their instruments. Oh, I think they rock out at some point. <laughs> What you can't see is the highly disappointed studio audience. Yes! <laughs> They're like, we could have seen anybody tonight. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and the, the first uh, comment on YouTube is, she should have sang Weekender Girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I want to I wanna propose this to, uh, to our audience. Um, Hatsune Miku, I'm not sure when she's touring again. or She went uh, on a huge tour in 2016 in with Hana Monaguchi. Yeah, because I, I, I want to say I would love for that to be our first Wizard and the Bruiser meetup. Oh. We'll all go to a Hatsune Miku show. I'm totally down to I'll go to I'll bring the glow sticks. <laughs> I'm totally I'll bring the leaks. <laughs> I'm totally down to go to one. Those so. are scallions. You're embarrassing us. <laughs> so, yeah, if that does happen, we should organize that on the Facebook group. Um, what a fucking bizarre and interesting phenomenon. It's, I mean, it's, I listen to a lot of uh, Miku songs. My favorite one maybe is uh, The Secret Police, <laughs> which is a weird dystopian rock pop club jam about how Hatsune Miku will go through any means necessary to root out dissent against the government. (laughs) That one was like a real, that was a real fun one. Um, And like, and especially a lot of the uh, very like dramatic, like emo kind of like emotional Miku songs. Like I could, you know, these are the emotions of an entire community. These are like nerds that are trying to express themselves through this vessel, uh, you know, ugly people aren't allowed to make music anymore. So if you're going to want to write a pop song, why not just let the green-haired magic girl do it for you? <laughs> it's, it's, very, it was, it's very surreal. Like, I had an appreciation for it that I didn't have going into it. I still think it's creepy as fuck, but Absolutely. at least I understand it. I at least actually now understand it, and it's not just that weird, creepy, scary thing that I like to put on for uh, unsuspecting guests at my house <laughs> to freak them out. And uh, 
Yeah, if you like vocal, like that's the thing is you can like it's you know it's just like a, it's a it's an instrument. It's just yeah. as legitimate as a guitar or a guitar or a, you know a melodica. Basically, all the goofy uh, keyed instruments. And uh, yeah, I mean Michael Stipe from REM was like a huge fan of the first Vocaloid because he loved that he could preserve his voice and have something that was sort of uh, that could preserve a voice and mm. sort of keep a voice around forever, you know, um, as as if it were its own musical instrument. World famous normal person Michael Stipe <laughs> agrees that Sune Miku is okay. <laughs> Well, there you go. I mean, I think that's it, right, Jake? Yeah, I think that covers. That was your your entry level gateway into an abyss of the digital apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Now go on a Google spree. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy all the discoveries you might be able to make. Uh, also, like the entire MMD Miku Dance fandom mm. is uh, like just this giant K hole on YouTube that like just you know millions of videos at this point and i just had no idea it existed until we started this yeah not at all there's way more just shit just people throwing at the wall there's more miku miku dance videos than like stone gamers playing overwatch and there's a lot of stone gamers playing overwatch it's thousands and thousands thousands and thousands it's crazy um yeah. All right. Well, hey, uh, that's our show. Uh, write and review, uh, uh, rate and review rather on iTunes, uh, if you would please. It really helps us out. Um, really excited too. We just hit a thousand members on the Facebook page. So uh, if you're listening come join on us. your phone right now, just open that damn podcast please. app. Like literally, it helps so, so much, so much. And it's been really exciting to see us kind of climb the charts um, on uh, games and hobbies. But it's only because of you going right now and rating and review it. So thank. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, oh, I'm Holden Nader's Ho on Twitch. Uh, I uh, stream every Monday night with uh, my girlfriend Lexi on Lexi Loves Game Night. And you can also catch me on Twitter at Holden Nader's Ho. Uh, I am at Best Jake Young on Twitter. I work for dorkly.com. And uh, I'm on the podcast Wizard and the Bruiser every week on Cave Comedy Radio. <laughs> Check us out. Leave a review. It really helps. <laughs> Check us out. Do we have any uh, last uh, Miku songs on the docket to take us home? <laughs> I don't we used them all up. You used them all. Uh, <laughs> four down, 300,000 to go. <laughs> good night, everybody. Good day and good luck. <laughs> For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.